Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, good evening, and welcome to the LFC Day Trippers. I'm Gav, and I'm on my own this evening, and this is Liverpool History This Week. It's a new show from us. Um, I'm going to be doing it once a week, and we're just going to look at Monday to Friday um, of this week and what's happened in Liverpool's history in that time. Um, look, it's one of those shows where, you know, we, we always like looking back at the history of Liverpool, and we like looking back at the, the, the players, the games, the moments, wherever it might be, but... You find yourself when you go back and you look at them, you kind of go down rabbit holes about players and and different matches and stats and stuff like that. So I thought we bring this every every week, have a little chat about it. We have got a live chat, so um, when we bring up different things that's going on, you can absolutely um, let me know what you think in the chat, and we can you know bounce off each other. And if you're listening after the audio download afterwards, have a listen, give us a review, five five star review if you can, and look. Um, if any of those memories come to you um, while you're watching this, you can stick it in the comments after for us to read and we might bring it up on next week's show. Um, look, it's the week, um, the 19th to the 23rd of December. Um, lots went on in the history of Liverpool from the 19th of December to the 23rd, I'm going to be honest with you. But um, I've picked out a few bits that we can talk about and we can look through and we can go from there and see where we get to. So we're going to start on Monday the 19th of December. That's the, uh, that was that's today, isn't it? Um, t- yesterday, I'm not too sure. Um, but the 19th of December. Okay. A um, couple of things have happened. A couple of things have happened. So let's go through them. In 1959, um, on the 19th of December, Bill Shankly's first game in charge of Liverpool didn't go too well, going to be honest with you, beating 4-0 at home to Cardiff. And I remember looking back on this um, oh, ages ago, looking when I was reading stuff about Shankly, and the start for him at the club wasn't great, you know, but we know what he goes on to do. But in 1959, a 4-0 defeat at home to Cardiff, who um, I think I read... Um, get promoted ahead of us in that season so um, that's the start to Shankly's reign plenty of people coming into the chat now like, like so Rory um, uh, Hannah Tom Kev Avo uh, Laszlo's in there John um, lo- loads of people in there so if you have any if any of these memories hit you um, please give us your feedback on them but yeah 1959 um, the great Bill Shankly arrives at Liverpool. His first game is a final defeat at Cardiff, but look, it went pretty well after. Then, um, 1986, on the 19th of December 1986, Ryan Babel is born. Um, puts him at around 36, if my maths are, are correct, 36 years of age. And Ryan Babel, um, 146 games for Liverpool, 22 goals, signed in 2007 for 11.5 million from Ajax, leaves in 2011, I think it's the January Hoffenheim, um, 6 million. And oh, I was so excited by Ryan Babel. I was so, so excited by Ryan Babel. I remember watching him in um, when he signs Liverpool. It's a couple of pre-season games, I think, and he's just like, 
so physical, so quick with his feet. Um, really exciting winger. And I thought, well, what a player we have in our hands here. And you know what? I just don't think the manager suited him. I think um, he comes in. He's a he's a Rafa Benitez signing, and Rafa probably looked at him as one of those where we can, you know, you can play Rafa's sort of way of being very solid, and then look to expose teams with Ryan Baba. But we end up going down the route of likes of Albert Riera, who's a really good footballer, um, but a, lo- a lot more workman like. And we didn't get, we didn't get, um, we didn't get the best out of Ryan Babel at all. And um, it was one of those when he left the club. I I always felt, you know what, he could have been so much more. Um, he he ends up playing in Turkey. He comes back and plays a bit of Fulham, doesn't he? Um, actually scores against us as well for Fulham. But it was one of those where it just for me, we could have seen so much more from Ryan Babel because when he turned it on. He was he was near unstoppable, you know, genuinely. His pace and power, he's an eye for goal. He scores a couple at home to Derby, um, where he's brilliant, um, and he sends the whole Derby. Um, he drops his shoulder in the whole Derby defence at the Anfield Road end, and puts one away. And I think it's about I think it's a six 0 win. And when Ryan Babel, um, when Ryan Babel was was signed for Liverpool, I was just what a player. But then it just didn't work. John Summers is the same. He's a guy who was so excited, but um. By Babel, he was so quick and strong, and what? Yeah, it was one of those. It was one of those. Um, 2016, and and the 19th of December 2016, um, Sadio Mane scores an injury time winner at Goodison Park to beat Everton one 0 and it's still one of my best memories. It's still one of my best memories. Um, just to win a game like that at Everton, like if you go back, if you remember, Coy wins one late with two penalties. For Liverpool, it's Lucas Leiva's debut. He's actually taken. He comes on for Steven Gerrard on the day, but that was a brilliant one. But this one was just. I always remember Liverpool being a, bit, not a nothing game, but there wasn't an awful lot happening, and everything were kind of would would have been delighted with that point. And you know, the, I always remember the board going up, and I think it might have been six or seven minutes, and you could actually hear the groan. Um, even through the television of the Everton fans going, fucking hell, seven minutes or six minutes, wherever it was. And um, Sturridge takes that ball and kind of wanders across the box. It doesn't hit a great shot, but managed to hit the inside of the post and comes back out and you're thinking, there's someone on this and Mane is and there's flares on the pitch and, you know, it's it's absolutely unbelievable. And of course, the Merry Christmas Everton song um, gets sung for weeks um, on end, you know, on end. And, and to be honest with you, it, it, it made Christmas that year. It really did, you know, um, it was just one of those where Mane was just everywhere, you know. He, I think, he'd arrived at Liverpool that summer. Um, he was he was a catalyst for everything we were doing. I think he ends up going off to the Afcon in that January, and we, we kind of fall apart a little bit. But that winner at Everton um, was unbelievable. Kevin Sullivan says you can't be um, you can't be a late winner, especially there. You just it was absolutely brilliant. And when you see that stuff coming up um, and reliving it, and it's it's been all over Twitter. You know, with the, with that goal and stuff like that, it's just amazing. And of course, it's famous, isn't it, for Lovren appearing through this smoke, like I don't know the Undertaker from the WWF, but um, really, really uh, a crack of memory there. In two thousand and twenty, um, Mo Salah scores for the fifth successive game, um, in a seven nil win away at Palace, and we're league champions and and we're, we're flying. We go to Crystal Palace and we absolutely bash them, and. You know, I remember, I think we have seven different scorers on that day. I could be wrong, but I think we have seven different scorers on the day. And I think we have about eight shots on target and seven of them go in. Um, and it was just one of those where it was absolutely ruthless. We weren't at our best, but just every time we went near the goal, we scored. And I think Henderson gets a cracker in that game. I think Minamino and we opened the score. And um, Salah gets his goal. And everything seems rosy in December. Um, but about a week later, I think, is where everything goes wrong, isn't it? For Liverpool and and we go on a run of horrific defeats at home and stuff like that. Um, let me see. Uh, Hannah says uh, she gets that "Merry Christmas" Everton song stuck in her head a lot. Yeah, it is around this time when that when you see those videos online of Sadio Mane um, doing what he's doing, it's it's um, it always gets stuck in your head for a couple of days. Um, but it's that was a brilliant memory. Um, Mo was on fire in December. Um, 2020 and and everything looks rosy but uh, that season just just um 
yeah, it doesn't it doesn't go well from there. And I think it is about I think it is about a week later. A couple of people in the chat here mentioned the NBA stuff with regards to Fenway Sports Group and um a Vegas based NBA team. That's off the back of a couple of tweets that have come out. Um, I think this evening I'm a guy of the podcast. I have it on my phone here because Kevin Sullivan very kindly sent it to me. Um, but listen, we're going to look into that a bit more. Um, and Bill Simmons is the man that that, that was talking about that. But we're going to look into that a bit more tonight. And what we're doing a preview. Well, I'm doing a preview anyway of Man City tomorrow but we're definitely going to discuss that so I'll get somebody on with me and we'll discuss that so um, but we're going to leave that at the moment we're going to have a little bit more of a look into it and come back um, tomorrow night with the preview of Man City and talk about Fenway Sports Group because these th- these things pop up um, on a daily basis nearly and you have to kind of include them in the shows somewhere do that because if you don't include them people give out um, 2021 19th December 2021 Andy Robertson sees red um, at Spurs in a 2-2 draw and this is the one I think where Harry Kane should go, is it? I'm nearly sure it is. Um, because th- these sports games away all kind of mash into one for me. But I'm nearly sure that's, I think it is that game where Harry Kane should definitely see red and comes off the pitch and says he wins the ball and everything was fine. And Robertson ends up seeing red and straight away after admits he was, he was a bit of an idiot for doing it. But Robertson does see red in that game and um, it's a 2-2 draw um, before Christmas this time last year so um there's there's the 19th of december for you um moving on to the 20th of december i'm gonna fly through this i'm not gonna keep you for 50 and 60 minutes um I'm, we're just gonna we're gonna bash through these and it's just a little extra show we're doing every week so the 20th of december 20th of december is um well the first one i seen was gary ablett and uh, makes his debut for liverpool really good Really good left back slash centre half for me, Gary Ablett. Um he makes his debut on in nineteen eighty six, um, hundred and forty seven games for Liverpool, one goal. Um but Gary Ablett for me was you know he was gangly, I'd say is fair to say, but you know, he gets an awful lot of games for Liverpool. Between eighty six and towards you know right up until till he leaves the club and he ends up at Everton I think, um, but he shows how good he is because he's in that side where, and we're gonna come on to another player later on that in, that's in the same side. But Gary Ablett for me was gangly, but he was he was a good footballer, left footed, um, centre back, left back kind of utility kind of player. But you know when you when when you see that Liverpool team from eighty six through to nineteen, Gary Ablett figures in it quite a lot. Um, it shows the quality that he had, but he could do he could do kind of anything at the back. So um, I just wanted to give him a mention because 147 goals and our games on one goal. Um, and we're going to go into another player in a minute. Actually, he's probably the next one down. Um, where goals were hard to come by, and it, it became it's probably something to remember for as much as his Liverpool career. But it's one of those. Um, People are looking at the screen and seeing an Elka, but we'll get to him in a minute. Um, 19, 19, 1988, um, Rob Jones signs his first pro- professional contract for uh, Crew Alexander. He plays 90 games for Crew and gets two goals. And famously, of course, Rob Jones plays a bucket load of games for Liverpool and never scores. And um, like literally, I've heard stories of, of people for years putting money on Rob Jones to score first for Liverpool or score on that day for Liverpool, and it never. Um, Never happened. Um, Tor says, "Yes, Gav, don't don't castigate Kane for he just for he did just castigate him for about Harry Kane. Jesus Christ, so so annoying." Tor, I don't know what you're talking about there, brother. I really don't. Um, Laszlo doesn't like Harry Kane either. But listen, we get off Harry Kane because it could um it could go uh go on for ages. Uh, Tom Bowen says, um. Didn't he score an OG in the ill-fated final versus Juve and Heusel? No. Um, he doesn't sign for Liverpool in 86. Uh, let me see. And so, oh, John Summers is only playing to win an FA Cup with Everton and Liverpool. Rest in peace, Gary. Of course, Gary did pass away a number of years ago. Um, yes, he does. I think he wins the Cup in 95 with Everton um, after winning it in 89 with Liverpool. Yeah, it would have been 89 because he only he only makes his debut in December of 86. So um, this is what it's about, this show. You know, you get into Gary Ablett. Oh, he's the only player to do this. And, you know, people go, 
Oh, geez, like that, that's quite a good stat. He's the only player to win an FA Cup at Liverpool and everything. And then you start looking at what he's done and then you get on to Rob Jones and you end up down rabbit hole. So it's all about just kind of living out memories. And of course, um, you can learn a bit as you go. Um, Antikos is Rob Jones, England's best right back had he stayed fit. I could not agree with Jamal. I could not agree with Jamal. Um, John says he was such an underrated fullback. Genuinely, if Rob, if Rob Jones stays fit, Gary Neville doesn't get a sniff at England until Rob Jones retires because Rob Jones was so fucking good. One of his first appearances for Liverpool is, um, and it might be his first actually, is away at Old Trafford against Ryan Giggs, who's playing left wing. And Ryan Giggs at the time, of course, is, you know, a brilliant winger. You know, um, so exciting, left footed, pace, could go by dribbler. He was very, very good, Ryan Giggs, um, in his, for me in his, his younger days when he was a winger. Um, but Rob Jones, I think, I think he makes his debut for Liverpool. And, I think it might be under Sooness. But he he was brilliant, Rob Jones. He just so good defensively, positionally, he had pace, he could go forward. He was actually quite good going forward, he just couldn't score. And listen, um it's it's it is one of those where and it comes up every so often because I think he runs a number of, of crashes on Montessori's or something with his wife now. And it comes up every so often. I think he does a bit of work at Liverpool still. And when it comes up, you kind of think, there's another player. A bit like Ryan Babel. But there's another player that came through and he'd be the state fit. He'd, hor- he'd horrible um, injury problems. I think he ends up going to West Ham then and it just doesn't work for him. And I don't even think he sees that with season at West Ham. But Rob Jones was, if you want to go back and check out Rob Jones, if you can find any footage of him, really, really, really good. Um, uh well, what a name this is. Why kick a milk cow? A55 says, I remember uh, Giggs saying Jones was the best right back he ever played against. He was so good. I don't know if Giggs has said that, but Rob Jones was so, so good. Um, let me see. MC says, Evening Gav, and I'm, I'm delighted he said this. He says, Evening Gav, um, I was born in 2000, so I'm not going to have a clue about most of this. That's the point. That's literally the point. You don't have a clue about this, MC. You're 22 odd years of age. Um, but hearing all these names, go on to lfchistory.net and just start clicking on names, clicking on games, and you learn so much. You read so much. But trust me, get a couple of hours aside for it because, you know, you end up going in all sorts of tangents, all different directions, and but it's really, really good. Um, 20 of December 2001, Nicholas Anelka arrives on loan from PSG. He scores five goals in 22 games. And famously, um, famously at the end of that season, I think his last goal is actually Ipswich at home, where Liverpool, I think, secure second place in the league. Um, Ipswich are already relegated or are relegated on the day. And famously, um, Gerard Houllier decides not to sign Nicholas Anelka um, on, a, on a permanent contract, which he could have done. And... Ops for El Hajj Juf, and it's still one to these days to this day where I just you scratch your head because okay, five and 22 doesn't sound great, but you have to remember he's up there with Owen and he's up there with Heskey. He's not playing, he's not starting every game. It's 22 appearances. I said it before, I think I mentioned them before, where he plays, I think it's a 2 0 win against Newcastle at home, and I think Murphy might get both of them, but he's unbelievable. Like, he's unbelievable in this game. He runs Newcastle ragged. Like, his movement, his touch, dragging players, and then he's just turning on the afterburners and absolutely destroying Newcastle. Um, And I couldn't understand for the life of me why Liverpool didn't make him a permanent signing because we would have went into 2002-2003 with Anelka um, on Heskey. And, you know, they were at the peaks of their power. You know, and, and... to have those rotating over a full season, Liverpool would have been a serious force, a serious force. Um, I know, I think 2002, 2003, we win the, the League Cup, we beat United in the final, but honestly, Enelka was just levels and levels and levels above anything El Hadjouf ever came near, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, and Hannah says it there, she said the fact that Enelka was passed over for Juf was just insult to injury. Um let me see. Oh, Tor says, Gav, this should have read, castigate him for what he did. Um, don't castigate him for what he did. Just castigate him for being Harry Kane. He is unbelievably annoying. I can't even blame predictive test for the last chat. I just thought it was 
a few drinks and that's that's fair enough to be honest with you um wasn't it around the same time he nearly signed lee bowyer and how julio changed his mind when bowyer was at the stadium there's a lot of room around bowyer at the time um would have been 2001 2002 might have been a bit later because Leeds are on that brilliant run aren't they in europe around this time um might have been a bit earlier maybe 2000 but and um, bowyer was heavily linked and the talk was that he would go and, and it, it never happened in the end and you know I think that's a bit of a blessing in disguise. Um, MC says, Gav, I do know most of the late 90s onwards, but as for the 80s, in the 80s, fine, I'd have to research who our left back was, for example. Yeah, but MC, listen, go out and find yourself an old DVD of um, the history of Liverpool and sit down and watch it. It'll bring you right through the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s. And trust me, some of the stuff in the 70s and 80s is just a joy to watch. You think this side is good, and it is. It's probably one of, arguably the best side we've ever had. But my God, the 60s, 70s and 80s in particular were just, were absolutely special. Um, why kick a milk cow? I think he's just making this stuff up, but I'm going to go with it. Um, he says, Phil Thompson said that every time an Elka scored for us, his brothers would get in touch with the club and tell him his wage demands had gone up. Well, it is famous, isn't it, that his brothers were representing him and, and there was all sorts of messing going on. Um, a bit like Pogba. Um, were, were his brothers involved with him? Um, I think they were because something's come up in the last couple of months. Um, and MC asked Gav, would you say Fowler was the best finisher at Liverpool? Most natural finisher at Liverpool. Oh, for me, yeah, I've seen was Robbie Fowler. But Ian Rush was exceptional. Um, Torres, brilliant. Um, but even now, like, Salah misses chance, but he's a good finisher. But, yeah, if you're talking just on Fowler, yeah, the most natural finisher I've seen. Off both feet, headers, anything, power, um, precision, everything he had a lot Fowler you know he had a lot um, 20th of December 2011 Luis Suarez is banned for 8 games and fined 40 grand for racially abusing Patrice Everett now this was a huge story back in 2011 and of course we know what happens with Luis Suarez and um, he gets you know he gets that ban in 2011 he gets another one um, in 2013 for a bite on, I'm going to say, Ivanovic of Chelsea. And Suarez was a madman. Um, there was a lot went on with this story because Suarez denied it. He said he did use a word, which I'm not going to repeat. Um, he said he did use it, but he said for, in Uruguay, this was the way it was being used. Everett said no, it went on. There was an awful lot of stuff about lip syncing and stuff like that. and um, Not lip syncing, that's wrong. Uh, lip reading. Um, but, you know, you had Kite going up and, and giving evidence. And, you know, it was, it was all sorts of stuff going on. Um, then, of course, you had the, the, the T-shirts away at Wigan, I think it was. And it was just messy. And still to this day, you see Everett go on about it. And Suarez doesn't really, but Everett does. And, you know, it was probably a sign it was a sign of thing to come with Suarez because he gets a six game ban I think for the thing on Ivanovic but it was a huge story at the time and of course Suarez returns and goes to Old Trafford and there's all sorts going on Everett is doing all sorts and it was just mad but um, he does get that ban and that's that's 11 years ago this week which is makes you feel old doesn't it it makes you feel old um, MC says like yourself Gav my dad's favourite player was Barnes yeah I just adore John Barnes as a player um, and don't get me wrong that's taken away nothing from any player that's played for Liverpool I just absolutely absolutely loved John Barnes as a player absolutely un ridiculous a ridiculous player and MC that's where you go and get the videos of the 70s and the 80s because you'll see loads of John Barnes in it. and if you go onto YouTube now you'll get compilations of John Barnes but just just what a player just what a player Lazo said the t-shirts were um we're embarrassing and yeah they were when you look back at it John Summer says he was a flawed genius no doubt but what a player um, let me see looking back I was so on the wrong side of this says Kevin Sullivan hindsight is twenty twenty. I guess live and learn yeah look there was a lot of Liverpool fans defending Luis Suarez and I, I'm going to hold my hand up I was as well because I just he kind of admits to doing it or saying something but it kind of felt like an awful lot of like his word against his and we're just taking his word, you know, the sort of way. And I'm not I'm not defending if Suarez racially abused him. He does come out and say he says it. But at the time there was a lot of Liverpool fans going, Well, hold on, he's saying he done this, this fella's taking it the wrong way. He's absolutely no, no, no. And he was made an example of to be perfectly honest with you, but that's how it goes. But eleven years ago today is um is a little bit mad, isn't it? 
Um, let's get on to the 21st of December. And I'm loving your comments, by the way. Um, I'm loving your comments as they come in because they're a great help. It's hard just to sit here and talk about days of the fucking week, to be honest with you. But Wednesday, the 20, um, Wednesday, which is tomorrow, I'm, I'm all lost on the day as people. But the 21st of December, um, we start in 1991. Um, Steve McMahon's farewell at Liverpool. Um, it's a game against Man City. It's a two-all draw. He ends up going to Man City. Um, but it's his 277th game for Liverpool. And... I keep going back to it, but in, McMahon plays in a team where Barnes, Beardsley, Aldridge, Rush, um, Daglish, they all get this, they all get the, the plaudits and, you know, and stuff like that. But, and, and rightly so, they were brilliant. Like 87, 88, Liverpool is madness. But McMahon was a player, an absolute player. And when you actually look through a lot of the highlights of the best games and, big wins and, and stuff like that. McMahon chips in with the odd goal um, and they're really good ones. Um, some good assists. Does that one famously where um, he chases one towards the main stand, puts his studs and it ends up nearly in the main stand, gets back to the ball to shuffle past an Arsenal player. Liverpool in in the build-up get a shot away. I think it might be Beardsley and it falls to Aldridge at the back post but that's a really good um, a really good clip if you can go and find it but McMahon was a proper player. He shied away from nobody, got around the pitch excellently, good range of passing, loved the tackle, um, loved the battle. You know, he gets smashed in the 88 Cup final against Wimbledon, um, Vinnie Jones, and he, like, literally in today's game, the fellow will be gone off the pitch in over six months. He pops back up. Let's get going. Um, a really, really, I'm probably a little bit, maybe not underappreciated, but not as well remembered as some others in that team around that time. But he leaves and goes to Man City, but Steve McMahon was a was a proper, proper player. Um, same day, um, same date, 24th of December, Titi Camara goes to West Ham for 2.2 million in the year 2000. 37 games for Liverpool, 10 goals. He goes to West Ham. I think he arrives from, I want to say Marseille, but Camara was a, a mad player. Like, um, gets a winner at Highbury when he's put through on goal, that green jersey, I remember. And he, just bends it around Seaman um, and does score at the Anfield Road and I want to say against West Ham in a 1-0 um, on the day his father passes away so um, there was a huge outpouring of emotion around Anfield that day um, but Camaro was a mad player you didn't know what he was going to do scored some cracking goals um, very very entertaining ends up going to West Ham in the year 2000 he doesn't survive the I suppose the um Julia Cole as as it goes on. Um let me see if we got anything. Um biggest story this week of it's my birthday today. Will you sing happy birthday to me, Gav says Red Steve. Um what date is your birthday? Let me know. Um John Summers says McMahon, hard as nails, but a very good midfielder. Yeah, 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 bang on. You're absolutely bang on. Um and you know what? Kamara I keep saying it, but if you can go by if you can go um if you can go back and if you can go back and uh, watch a bit of Camara, just go back and watch them all because you, you'll find deadly clips of them all. And Dicko says that green shirt was brilliant. I want to say it was the green one with the kind of was a white and navy kind of stripe on it down the side. But um, yeah, it was a good jersey. Um, I think Berger is scores wearing that jersey, doesn't he? Not Titi Camara's obviously. Um, the green jersey wear Old Trafford in a draw, the deadly free kick he lashes in. Uh, John Summers says he was a cult hero, got a great goal against Coventry. He got some, he got some really good goals. Um, Chris Back remembers having Kamara 22 on the green away kit. He scored some key goals, proper cult hero. Goal versus Arsenal away. Goal versus West Ham less than 24 hours after his dad died. Loved TT Kamara. Yeah, he he, he, does, he, he, may, he puts a smile on your face, doesn't he, when you think of it. Um, 2008 and 2014, um, on this day, on this day, 24th December, it's about Arsenal. Because in 2008, um, we're held to a one-all draw. Um, and I say Arsenal beaten there. It should, have been, it should have been Arsenal draws, to be honest with you. But um, 2008, um, a one-all draw away at the Emirates. Um, Van Persie puts, it, puts Arsenal ahead. Robbie Keane equalises. Um, and that's the one where we wear that kind of silver jersey. You remember we had to wear the red shorts and we don't know what we looked like going out. But um, yeah, that was 2008. That's the one where a big hoof of ball, I want to say from Agar. And I don't know who loses it in the air, but 
just loses the flight. King gets onto it and smashes it in and has a lovely time at the Emirates because, of course, he was ex-sports. But that was a one-all draw. And in 2014, there's a two-all draw at Anfield. Um, Coutinho puts Liverpool ahead. Uh, Debussy and Giroud um, get Arsenal in front. But Scale scores a last-minute uh, equaliser to cop end. I think he's all bandaged up, if I remember right. But that makes it 2-2. I could be wrong, but I think I'm right. Feels to me like he's he's going around with his head bandaged up and um, scores in a two two. But I'm sure someone in the chat will tell me. Rory says first Liverpool game was Coventry at home in 1999. Camera smashed in a goal outside the box in the second half. Yeah, possibly the same game. Um, someone was yeah, John Summers was talking about a minute ago. Um, I'm still waiting to see what what day is Red Steve's birthday. It is this. Where I say the 20th, and you say, oh, we're on the 24th now, sorry, but no, I genuinely want to know what date your birthday is. Today is Tuesday the 20th, so I genuinely want to know what date your birthday is. Um, Arsenal fans booing Keane as he gets on it and then smashes the ball in the nest, is Chris? Yeah. Um, Lazo says, Robbie Keane never played with Liverpool. That was just a, f- a fever a dream we all had. <coughs> Interesting Robbie Keane, though, isn't it? Gets six months at Liverpool and Benitez does away with him. And I thought there was signs there from. There's one game away at Atletico Madrid, I want to say, in the Champions League, and he's trying to flick a ball in for no reason, just put it in the net. And he misses He misses a handful of chances against somebody as well at Anfield. But he scores a couple. He sets up, doesn't he? Set up Torres from the end line at, at Goodison. Um, he's involved in the second goal with Torres on the same day. It's a 2 0 win. You know, um, I don't know if he's involved in that game. Where Liverpool bash Tottenham at White Hart Lane and lose one nil, and a Harry Redknapp's in charge. But I want to say he wasn't in two thousand eight. Feels like fourteen years ago it was a long time since Harry Redknapp managed sports. But I could be wrong. But I just thought, what was what would have been the harm in another six months of Robbie Kane? You know, and remember, we end up in a title race where we need as many players as we can, and he just. He signs him and then gets rid of him, but if it always felt like it was a bit of a sign where oh, I'll take him, but I don't want him. It was one of those. Um, it's Red Steve's birthday today. Um, no, I'm not singing happy birthday to you. I wouldn't sing happy birthday to most people I know. So, um, um, But happy birthday, Red Steve. Um, I hope you had a lovely day. And it's nice having a little birthday. Isn't it on the run up to Christmas? I wouldn't know myself, but feels like it's nice. Something to break up the week. And Kevin Sullivan says happy birthday as well. So I might get Keith to play happy birthday to get on the tin whistle if I can get him on sometime during the week. How does that sound? Um, 2019, Liverpool become World Club Cup champions on the 24th of December 2019. It's a 1-0 win against Flamengo in Qatar. Um, Roberto Firmino with the goal in extra time. And and I don't want this to sound wrong, but this game nearly gets overshadowed by the fact that Liverpool rock up then um, and do Leicester 4-0 at the Walker's Filbert Street Stadium, King Power. And, like, we don't have time to really appreciate it. You know, we're World Club champions. Um, we've done really well to go over there, win it. And literally it's about getting back because we're just all set on this league. And Liverpool going, what a performance away. The 26th of December 2019 away at at Leicester. Because Leicester are are our closest rivals in that title race at the time. I think they're a point better off than Man City. And we're just un-fucking-believable that day. And I'm not saying the game gets overshadowed. We just didn't really get a chance to appreciate it. But when you look back now, you know, we've won everything. We're, We're on the verge of just going and winning everything and it's as much as you talk about the late 80s and stuff like that and the 70s at Liverpool that that little time there that little capsule of time there was, was just unbelievable as a Liverpool fan and, and I want us to get back to that and I hope and I, I fully believe Liverpool will um, challenge again on all fronts um, very very soon but um, it's just one of those um, yeah World Club Cup champions unbelievable um, not many people watching tonight which is absolutely fine it's a new show and it's a history one and we're not shouting about owners and stuff like that but um, hit the like button if you can subscribe if you're on here and you're new and you, you like what's going on um, we promise it's not always like this where I'm just sitting here waffling about um, the Liverpool of the past but um, yeah let's go and do the 22nd of uh, December Let's see who we have on the 22nd. So, 
22nd of December, a um, couple of days before Christmas. You don't really see an awful lot of teams playing a couple of days before Christmas, don't you know? Um, maybe I'm wrong. I always feel like you kind of get a couple of days break and then you get into it. But um, Manchester, um, figured in this when I looked it up, 1928, that's as, that's as far as I've gone back so far, going to be honest with you. In 1928, um, on this day, the 22nd of December, Liverpool went on 1-3-2 away at Man City. Um, and in 1973, on this date, Liverpool beat Manchester United at home um, by two goals to nil. Goals from Keegan and Highway. And I wanted to bring that in because I love mentioning all these old players and telling people to go and look at them and, and check them out. But Keegan and Highway, Keegan was fucking deadly. Um, him and Toshak were just <laughs> unbelievable. Um, and Highway was just this flying winger. Um, just long stride on him Highway was a great player great great player um, Highway if you get a chance to see any footage of him he was just he was brilliant Highway um, really 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 good so go and check that out um, 2002 is a nil nil draw three days before Christmas a nil nil draw away at Everton at Goodison Park and this is the one where when I was reading up about it it was like oh Rooney's going to get Liverpool Rooney's going to do this Liverpool Rooney does full call um, Gerard smashes into um, Gary Naismith. There was a few Naismiths around the time, but the left back, um, I want to say his name is Gary, um, absolutely smashes him, and um, yeah, uh, it ends in a nil all draw. But I thought I'd bring that up because um, I think that's maybe he does it twice. I have a feeling. Jared does that to Naismith again. Visions of her at Anfield. But when I read it up, it was a nil-all draw at, um, at Goodison Park. Um, let me see. Let me see what we got here. Uh, no, people are asking where you can get uh, shoes that Infantino was wearing. Well, um, uh, Tom Bowen said Steve Highway, deadly winger. Um, he was. Um, but, yeah, that was... And, and when you think back, you know, if you can remember bits of that game, um, I think Hippie... When I was reading up, Hippie is captain for Liverpool for the, I want to say the 98th time. And it's a record at the time in the Premier League for the amount of times someone has captain Liverpool in the Premier League. Premier League, before anyone gets gets on me. Um, in 2008, interesting, this one popped up and I just thought I'd throw it in there. But in 2008, on this day, um, Steve Staunton is sacked as assistant manager at Leeds. Right, which is the 20, 22nd of December. The day beforehand, Gary McAllister was sacked as Leeds manager. But of course, the boat X Reds, um, starting there from the late 80s into the 90s, comes back then, doesn't he, after Spell, spell at Villa. Um, and Gary Mack, of course, was there for the, the treble season, 2001, and does one more season after that. But there you go, Staunton and, and Gary McAllister, both sacked um, within a day of each other. Um, so... Yeah, Steve Stone was sacked on, on Red Steve's birthday. There you go. Um, on this day, 20, 22nd of December, sorry, um, 2021, this is when Liverpool beat Leicester City in the League Cup. And what a game it was. Um, we go in with such an understrength side, you know, um, at centre-back. It feel everywhere we go in. Um, I think Vardy gets two to put Leicester two up and you're going, this could be any score. This could be any score. And I go on my memory here. Oxley Chamberlain makes it 2-1. And then Madison, I think, makes it 3-1. And I know I know Minamino makes it 3-3. But I'm trying to think it makes it 3-2 to Liverpool. I'm, I'm going to say Divock Origi. Because why not? Um, but Minamino equalises. And it goes to penalties. Liverpool win a 5-4 on penalties, if I remember right. Um, Minamino actually misses a penalty, I think. But Jota slots home and, and gives a big one to Leicester who of course their fans were being um yeah uh their fans were being idiots arseholes um about because it was around Christmas and you know these songs that they like to sing to make themselves seem cool when they're not but um what a game that was so I'm sure when Torsley comes this week this will flash up across social media and it was just a mental game um Jota is it Jota gets the second one maybe he does Jota gets the second one yeah um but, uh, yeah, Minamino in the last minute, just a long ball in from Milner, I think. I want to say, I can't remember the Leicester 
player that misses, might be indeed he misses the header. Cause I think indeed he might play centre half that night. And it just drops him in the main and he smashes it in. And it's like, wow, this is unbelievable. Chris Brax has loved the Leicester win. Tacky's late equaliser. Jot to tell Leicester fans to fuck off after scoring the winner. Said on Tor interview he could hear what Leicester was singing. Yeah, there you go. Um, Hannah says, um, and Hannah I think has changed her name in this group, if I'm right. Um, because it looks wrong when I'm reading it. Um, I love, and not the Hannah bit, there's another bit to her name. Uh, uh, I think she was Hannah alone, now it's just Hannah. Maybe it's, maybe that's different person um, but she says um, I'll always remember Jota celebrating that pen Jota did score the second two more penalties saved for Kelleher as well correct always seem to play Leicester around Christmas you're right because we play Leicester don't we on the 29th 29th is it this this year um, at home this time at Anfield um, indeed he missed the, missed the header says Darius Hoyt fair play um, but um, yeah that, that was a good one when I seen that one coming up I was like oh yeah that, that'll be good now during the, during the week to get back into it um last one here we go last one is of course the 23rd of december loads going on couldn't wait to get to this couldn't wait to get it 1995 fowler scores a hat-trick it's a second hat-trick i think against arsenal um in a 3-1 win um it's roy evans 100 game in charge um i think Liverpool come from behind to win this and fowler does get a hat-trick um, of course he has got that well he did have until Mane done it at Southampton he had got the fastest hat-trick in the previous season maybe the season before 93-94 I think um, against Arsenal of course at Anfield but he gets another hat-trick um, and Fowler that's another time he's come up in this but Robbie Fowler on, in 1995 and that makes me feel old that makes me feel fucking real old but just another hat-trick he was, he was just so good Fowler Um and he's probably the biggest talking point to come out with this show if you want to go and watch someone. Because, um, yeah, unbelievable. Hatrick against Arsenal. It's the second one I want to say in three seasons. But he makes a habit of it. I think he, he scores another one again. I think it's an opening day game against Arsenal in a 2-0 win. I think he scores where he bashes one off the bar at the Anfield Road end and then Berger hits a deflected one at the cop end. I think it's an opening day game. Maybe around 96. Seven, eight, um, maybe a bit later than that actually, but um, yeah, he, he scored an awful lot of goals against Arsenal. Um, Fowler, they must have absolutely hated him, but that was in 1995. Um, 2000 is Arsenal again. Um, they're beating 4 at Anfield on, on the 23rd of December 2000. Um, this is one where Gerrard smashes one in early. Um, really good shot, low. Um, I'm trying to remember these goals. Michael Owen makes it two. Um, Barnby clips it over. I want to say Manning are in goal for this game to make it three at the Anfield Road end. And Fowler makes a four off a ball from Barnby, where it's a typical Fowler finish. It's running across him and he just puts it across, back across where he's coming from. And um, yeah, it's it's absolutely, it's a brilliant win, 4-0. And I, all, I remember that day where I think Heskey plays up front with Owen and he absolutely dominates Martin Keown, like physically pace wise and you know I actually think Owen's goal comes off the back of Heskey doing Keown down the left hand side near the main stand and his shot comes away and Owen makes it too and Heskey was just at that time was just for me he was unplayable um, Lazo doesn't like Arsenal um, which is fair um, let me see I'll just change that screen so you know what I'm talking about thanks Kev 2000-2001 one of my all time favourite seasons every game felt like a cup final it was a mad season it was a mad season and, you know, we come up at the end of it with, with three trophies, we get into the Champions League, but the football wasn't immense, but sometimes Liverpool just broke out and done stuff to teams and you could see there that probably needed one or two more players where you just, you could trust yourself to absolutely dominate, but the squad we had was brilliant, like it was brilliant, like um, there were so many good players in it, Lippmann is in that squad. McAllister's in that squad, Gerrard, Barnby, um, Haman. I don't like Haman now, but Haman was really good. You had um you had Babel, you had um Marcus Babel, of course, not Ryan. Um you had you had Hippie, you had Hencho, Carragher. Um it was a really, really, really good squad and um they done so well that season and they come second the season after, but they just don't kick on from there and um, but that's another win against Arsenal, so they've kind of figured heavily on the on the 23rd of December. Um, same day, um, 2001, 
Um, it's confirmed that Milan Barros will sign for Liverpool from Banaka Strava for 3.2 million. He plays 108 games for Liverpool, scoring 27 goals, which is really low when you think about it. But he just used to run into corners, where he, like literally never lifted his head. This fella, every time he got his head was down. Watch his fourth goal for Liverpool. I think it's away at Bolton. I think we win three two. And literally head down, takes a touch, goes by a fella and smashes it in past. I want to say Yaska Lyon, and that that was him. Ran into, ran, 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 walked his arse off, gets a hat trick at home to Palace at one stage. Might be two penals involved, now. but just ran down so many blind alleys with the ball. He just didn't get in the box enough. That's what his problem was. And you're seeing in his Euro 2004, they get him in the box a lot and he scores a lot of goals. I think he ends up probably top scorer in Euro 2004, or very close to it. But he does arrive, um, he wins a League Cup, he wins a Champions League, he ends up going to Villa in 2005 for six and a half million pounds. Um, John Summers says Marcus Babbo was such a good defender. Yeah. Um, Red Steel says I thought we would push on from there. Um, but he but he taught that every year in fairness. Um, and Chris Bracken says he was the golden boot winner in Euro 2004. The summer Rafa arrives. Um, but he's gone within a year, isn't he? He's gone after the European Cup final. Um, and he's only just retired, said Red Steve. Could be, because I was looking at Marcus or Ryan Babel saying, 36, he's probably doing a job somewhere for somebody. But yeah, um, such a good squad. And I'm, again, if you go back and look at that season, and Chris is right, it just felt like every game that came at you was like, you have to win this because of the, the top four. You have to win this because because of the runs and the cups were going on. A bit like last season, actually, for Liverpool, where every game, you couldn't let up on any game because it was huge in the league. Huge in the European Cup and the two cups were constantly going in. Um, on this day, 2010, I just noticed Rafa was sacked by Inter Milan. And is this the period where Rafa follows Mourinho around a little bit? You know, Rafa leaves Liverpool in um, 2010, doesn't he? Yeah. Goes to Inter. Now, he does win, I think he wins a Super Cup in Italy and, and the World Club Cup, actually. But he's not, they're not great in the league and he ends up leaving. Um, and he follows him there. Does he end up going then on towards Real Madrid and following Mourinho at Real Madrid? Maybe maybe there's a couple of years in between somewhere. But Rafa Benitez, after leaving Liverpool, um, goes to Inter Milan and, and not long after he exits Inter Milan. But I just thought that was interesting. Again, when I looked at it, it went 12 years ago. Well, like it's 12 years since Benitez managed us. It's, it's just fucking mad, isn't it, really? Um... That 4 0 win at home to Arsenal in 2001 was one week after we beat Man United at Old Trafford with Murphy's free kick. Would it be cheating to rewind back a week? Um, that 4 0 against Arsenal is down as 2000. Maybe it was 2001. Hmm, I'll have to have a look at that. I thought it was 2000, though. Um, but um, where was I? Yeah, Benitez. Look. He went on and he just kind of get, get, got attracted to mental owners, didn't he, in football? Like, Real Madrid was his dream job, but you know what happened to Real Madrid with the owners? Newcastle. Um, he goes off to China for a bit, but he, and then he does everything. And, um, you know, I think there's a new podcast coming out from the club officially, and you see Benitez on it. He's a red. You know, he always was a red, but um, he's a bit of a madman. So there you go. Um Laszlo reckons that Milan Barros was called the Maradona of Estrada. Wow. Um, and Rafa always wanted just one more signing, didn't he? Says John, yeah. Um, and Rory Fitzgerald said, yeah, apologies, my bad, it was 2000. Yeah, I thought I was reading wrong earlier, but um, it was 2000. Um, 2015. This was interesting because this, this player has come up again recently. Um, Bobby Duncan. Um, so badly advised. So badly advised. And I, I'm not going to pin the year, but he, he's he's getting games for Liverpool in pre-season, both in England and I, I want to say away in America. It's the year we're linked with Bruno Fernandes because I think he plays, he comes on against Sport in Lisbon. So, summer of 2019, maybe? Um, and you're thinking, good player, you know, Klopp's getting him on the pitch here and giving him a chance. And but in two thousand, in two thousand and fifteen, he actually scores in a four three loss to Turkey for England under fifteen. Paul Glatzel, um, also featured, and that's why it was interesting to see, you know, Paul Glatzel and, and and Bobby Duncan's name even going back to two thousand fifteen. But it was just 
he was so badly advised and he looked a player. He looked an absolute player, but he just it's one of those where if you make a bad decision in, in your career or or life real life gets in the way it can hold you so badly. Like I even think of poor Jordan Oyeb, you know, loved by Klopp when Klopp arrived Klopp arrived and I think he does wasn't he had to do a loan spell at Derby and he was like, Jeez, he's so fucking good and um he suffers with depression, I think. Um I've read recently about Jordan Oyeb and um hoping to get his career back on track and stuff like that. But it just shows, doesn't it, that one little decision or one thing in, in life real life outside of football I understand that football is not their profession but one little move outside of that can, can just hurt you so so badly um, Red Steve says Gareth Leaving Barry yeah well you're, you're, you're talking there about Rafa and wanting to replace Xavi Alonso with Gareth Barry which is just a crime an absolute crime Chris says Bobby Duncan is a lesson of making sure you have the right people around you the lab was so poorly advised and hasn't really recovered from it no I think he's probably had I'm going to I'm going to hazard a guess at four clubs since he left Liverpool, and I want to say he left Liverpool about three years ago. Um, but it's it's one of those um, where it just hasn't gone well at all. I'm not getting into his agent. I'm just not getting into it. Duncan Brewster Woodburn, um, no guarantees. Yeah, no guarantees. Um, 2010 bring back horrific memories of Roy Hodgson. I deliberately didn't go near Roy Hodgson because I don't consider him part of Liverpool's history, to be perfectly honest with you. Listen, we've done 50 minutes. It's way more than I thought I was going to do. Apologies for keeping you this long on this show. This is meant to be something where we do it for 30, 40 on a max, but the comments have been excellent and they've kind of kept it going. So um, please leave your comments afterwards with feedback, whether you like the stuff you don't, because as I've said, we done a test show last week and on the test show I said to people that we invited to watch it, if you like it, tell us. If you don't, tell us. We'll get rid of it. You know, we don't want to be bringing the content where people go, just don't like that. Um, but we we kind of, I like it because um, you get to talk about memories of Liverpool. You get to talk about all players, games, wherever it might be. And people learn. I learn. I learn when I'm doing the research. People on people in the chat will po- hopefully have learned something. I know MC has learned something tonight. And if one person learns, that's great. People listen to her afterwards might be listening back on jeez remember that and just just throwing just triggering little memories um and that's 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 what we're trying to do but if you like it let us know in the comments after it on youtube if you don't do the same absolutely do the same hit the like button if you like it of course as well subscribe if you haven't already and if you're listening back on audio download um leave a review leave a review on your app whatever app you're on it's very simple you click on the episode you click review and you give us a review. If you can do five star, great. It means that more people will hear the show when it's put out for download, um, which will be done immediately after this recording. Um, bit of feedback already. Um, Hannah says, really good show. Enjoyed it. Um, Lazo says, really good show. And John Summers says, um, enjoyed the show. Some good and bad memories. So yeah, people seem to enjoy it. But as I said, because I like it doesn't mean that it's going to happen every week. People need to like it and, and get involved with it. Otherwise, because it's not all about me, it's about people wanting to watch what we do. Um, so that's it. Um, we'll be back tomorrow. I'll be back tomorrow, anyway. I'll try to get someone to jump on me, and we'll do a preview of Man City, and we will talk about the Fenway Sports Group lads buying basketball teams. Talk to you in a bit. Over now. Podcast Network.